sharing, continuing with the issue of grace this morning. But let me say this. One thing, one thing you must avoid, and it's very important. In relation to the prayer, let me start from there. You see, for us to have boldness, number one, you must realize that your sins are forgiven. Is that okay? But there are about three things that can accuse you and makes it difficult for you to have boldness. One, sin. You may have the grace, but if you sin, your conscience will condemn you. Your boldness is destroyed. So if you must assess this grace we are talking about, to have the boldness to do what you are supposed to do, run away from sin. Is it simple? Run away from sin. Satan, you can overcome Satan easily, but it's all part of it. It's all part of it. Because any time you sin, whether you like it or not, you are weakened. Your boldness is reduced. It's not as if God has not forgiven you. God has forgiven you all your sins. He's not thinking about it. Even the one you are committing, he's not even thinking about it. But your spirit is dying. Why? Because your conscience is going to begin to accuse you. That is where your boldness will be reduced. So for you to be bold to enter into the throne, you must live a clean life. What did I say? Whatever that will mean to you. You must live a clean life. You must live what we call holy life. Because the one that is giving back to you is holy. Otherwise, like I said, I want to repeat, God will not. This is the word Jesus said. Jesus healed a lady, or was it the woman that was taken in adultery? Remember the story? And he said, What are the accusers? He said, No. So human beings can accuse you. Is that okay? What are the accusers? Say, None of them is okay. Nobody condemn you. I do not also condemn you. Go and see no more. But he said something. Lest a worse thing happen to you. God has forgiven us all our sins. Is that okay? But it's a life you live and certain things begin to happen to you. It's not directly connected to the sins of your past. Your environment. Okay, let's even put it this way. Those who go into homosexuals and all that, they carry HIV AIDS. That is a direct consequence of the act. Am I right? No, it's simple. Anything you do that will bring a reproach to your life, run away from it. God has forgiven you. It's not even about that. But for your own sake, run away from it. So that your prayer can be effectual, strong, and then you have the boldness to approach the throne of grace. So many of us don't have what we call conscience. The Bible says if your conscience condemns you, then you are not right with God. Is that not, you know, it even says even God is greater your conscience. But some of us have what we call snare conscience. But now if you live with a snare conscience, the consequence is, you come to the place where you can be easily embarrassed publicly. And Paul will write to Timothy, say the sins of some people are going before unto judgment, but the sins of others are coming later. In other words, it's not a matter of tomorrow. Anything you do now 
you can get the consequence. Is that okay? So let's live a clean life. Can I hear anyone to that? Alright, so I want to start with the superabundance of grace. Whew. Let's turn to the book of Romans, chapter 5. New King James. I'm going to read from New King James. The B If you can put it up, fine. Romans 5, verse 20. I just want to define a few words there. Are you there with me? Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abound, grace abounded much more. New King James. I want you to look at that two words. Those two words. Where sin abounds, grace much more. Do what? Abounds. Romans 5.20. From the New King James. The world abound in the false part here. That is where it's a weird scene. Abound. Is pleonazo in the Greek. And it means increase. Become more. Increase or to become more. Where sin abounds. Where sin is increasing. Are you there with me? That the second word, much more abound, is hupa perusio. Hupa perusio in Greek means super abound. Abound more or exceeding. The word hupo actually means super or over. Or above in the Greek. Hallelujah. So what is he saying? The word is saying, when sin is increasing, grace is super increasing. In other words, sin cannot overcome grace. So even if you look around the world, you might think that things are so terribly bad. But I want to let you know something. That grace is still flowing in this world. And God is going to take over this world. Because you know what? He planted his own seed in the world. Now he can harvest the world. Because every seed you sow, you expect a harvest. Now he didn't sow the seed for a few people. He sowed the seed for the whole world. Hallelujah. So we can conclude from this that God's grace superabounds or exceedingly much more over the increase in sin. Even around the world and even in your life. Grace is going to overtake the weakness of Adam in your life. That is God's word. You see, let me tell you again. You don't have to be looking at yourself. You have to just see what God is saying and stay with what God is saying. Amen? That's the key thing you need to begin to observe. It's not about how you see yourself in the mirror in the morning. It's not even about how people describe you. It's what God is saying. We're seeing abound, 
grace is going to super about. So the truth is, I have no problem one beat when it comes to the issue of the world and what is going on. No problem. Grace is going to overtake. At any point in time in history, grace will always overtake evil. Amen? As God have determined to do that. Okay. Let's move on. I want to give you some simple illustration today from the word regards to this. So turn with me to Mark chapter 2. I told you before this conference, the Lord asked me to read the whole book of Mark. And I got so much from that. But let me share two with you this morning. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 2. The Bible says, And again he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. And straight away many were gathered together in so much that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And they preached the word unto them. And they came unto him bringing one sick of the palsy. Which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the prayers. They uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up. They laid down the bed. Wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit, word of knowledge, or spirit of discernment, he perceived in his spirit. You see, we come to the place. We must come to the place. And we are going to come to that place. And when you sit there with somebody and talking even business, you can design what is in the heart of the person. That is part of the gift of the spirit. That is why you also need the gift of the spirit. But again, you know, we must grow beyond just operating the gift. We must grow to the place of using the spirit, not the gift of the spirit. Because Jesus did not operate the gift of the Spirit. He operated this Spirit. Isaiah 11. Okay? Now he perceived that they saw reason within themselves. He said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether it is easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise, take up thy bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man had power on earth to forgive sin. He said to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, and take off thy bed, and go thy way into thy house. Hallelujah. I want you to begin to see something from this passage. When he came to the situation, man was in two things he said there. When he said, your sins be forgiven. And they begin to reason among themselves. The next thing, take up your bed and walk. You know what he was trying to do there? He proved something. The power to forgive sin is within me. I carried grace. Remember, the law came by Moses. Is that okay? 
But grace and truth came by who? I mean, the Lord, Moses gave the law, but grace and truth came by who? Jesus Christ. So he stepped into the situation. Let me explain. Let me, let me, let me say this to you. It is commonly believed that illnesses like this are caused by sin. Are you getting what I'm talking about? You're going to see as we progress now. And that is why in John 9, you find that the people came, somebody was born blind, and they came who sinned. Is that okay? This man or the parents. Something must have resulted to the illness or to the blindness. So now Jesus walked in and says, your sins be forgiven. In other words, even if there was a root cause for your illness, I'll override that with the spirit of grace. Because I came with grace. Is that okay? Number one, he didn't ask the man what was the cause of the problem. By implication, there was no interview as to who sinned, what you did, or which community you came from, or which cause is following you. Are you following what I'm talking about? He simply saw this man, and remember he said, son, thy sins be forgiven. Understand that. In the Hebrew culture, one of the major ways they address people as children, your own child, an orphan, or whatever, is always the word son. But when Jesus used this word, actually, he was having compassion on this individual. So grace is something that flows through compassion. Amen? And it says, sin, your sins be forgiven. Now when the people became, whatever they were thinking and they were going to design it, and they said, which one is easier? Your sins be forgiven or take up? I mean, you find it difficult for me to say your sins be forgiven? Okay, it's like saying... I am doing what you cannot see with your physical eyes. Now let me do what you cannot see with your physical eyes so that you can believe. Take up your bed and walk. Are you getting what I'm talking about? You can't see me forgiving sin because you don't understand what it means for sins to be forgiven. But let me do it in the natural so that you can understand I have authority on both realms. Both in the spirit dimension and in physical dimension. So, what does he say? He said, your sin be forgiven. Now if you can understand that, you take up your bed and walk. Hallelujah. Are you getting what I'm saying here? Okay? Now, there is something I'm going to make you see as we progress now. Jesus have the authority. Don't forget, this is the same man that you are coming to now, or you have come into and onto. He has the authority, but on earth now, to forgive sins and to heal the sick. So even if your sickness has a root cause, God is going to heal it today. Because number one, you are a righteous man, your sins are forgiven. So if you understand that your sins are forgiven, then your healing becomes easy for you to get. Are you, are you there with me? Okay, now let me, let me show you what the Lord has to say about this. Isaiah 45. I pray I don't go too long because Maxwell is always accusing me of this. Now he say I'm raising people who are preaching like me, spending two hours on one message. But there comes a time when I preach three hours like Peter. I mean, Apostle Paul. It could even more than three hours. Paul preached and all night. So many of us go all night to pray, but Paul's all night was preaching. How many of you remember that? 
A bridge, somebody dropped from the ceiling, raised the man, and continued the message till the next morning. It's one sermon. So I've not even started. I'm preaching one or two hours. You're hungry. What about without doing all night? Okay. Isaiah 43. Are we there together? Let's look at verse 16. Uh, Isaiah 43. I'm looking at 16. Are we there? I'm going to read from the message. If you can put on the message, fine. This is what God says. The God who builds a road right through the ocean. Oh. That's technology. Huh? Who casts a path through pounding waves? The God who summons horses and chariots and armies. They lie down and then can't get up. But I like that. Chariots and horses and armies are instrument of war, isn't it? The God said when he summons them, he makes them to lie down. Your enemy will keep their mouth shut before you. All the warfare you are engaged in, they are going to be silent before you. He said he called the horses and the chariots and he makes them to lie down. You know what that means? You know there was no more operation. Hallelujah. They know they do not only like that, they can't get up. They are snuffed out like so many candles. Forget about what happened. Don't keep going over old history. Are you are you seeing anything there? Mm. <laughs> don't 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 be reminding yourself of your past. I keep saying this until it sinks in. Because somebody needs to be healed. Somebody needs to be delivered. Somebody needs to be set free. Amen? Forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert. Be present. I'm about to do something brand new. It's busting out. Don't you see it? There it is. I'm making a road through the desert. Rivers in the badlands. There is access for you. Why anymore we say thank you? The courtiers and the buzzards. Because I provided water in the desert. Rivers through the sun baked earth. Drinking water for the people I chose. The people I made especially for myself. The people custom made to praise me. I like that. Some of you wear custom dresses. These are custom made people. Huh? I, I get what I'm talking about. Custom made cars. Custom made dress. Custom made suits. Now we've got custom made people. But you didn't pay a bit of attention to me, Jacob. You say, you so quickly tired of me, Israel, at the church and the rulership, whatever. You couldn't even bring sheep for my offerings in worship. You couldn't even, you couldn't be bothered with sacrificing. It wasn't that I asked that much from you. I didn't expect expensive presents. But you didn't even do minimum. So stingy with me, so 
close-fisted. Yet, you haven't been stingy with your sins. Are you following this? You'll be plenty generous with them. And I'm fed up. But listen closely. Remember what I'm talking about. Where sin increase. Oh. Are you catching that? He said, you have not been stingy with your sin. That means you are distributing sin. You are manufacturing it. <laughs> I got what I'm talking about. I mean, it's serious. But look at that. Verse 22. But I, yes, I am the one who takes care of your sins. That is what I do. Huh? Did you get that? Hey, I am the one who takes care of your sins. That's what I do. God is saying, my business is to take care of your sins. So no matter how many, that's why he went to the man and said, your sins will be forgiven. I take care of your sins. And the people say, how can that be? So if you can understand that one, take up your bed and walk. The bed I've been carrying, now carry the bed and go out from here. That is what I do. God is telling you what he does. He's telling you his business. He's telling you what he does concerning you. That's why I say, don't go about recounting old history. Hallelujah. Did you get that? I take care of your sins. That is what I do. I don't keep a list of your sins. God is not keeping record. God is not keeping a list of the things you've done. Hallelujah. Who is keeping the list? Is it devil that keeps the list? God doesn't keep list. And like Pastor Zuka was sharing, some of our ministers will also go and write lists. When God is not keeping any list, we need to write the list of your past. How do we do that? We see visions of your great-grandfather. We see visions of one tree that was in your father's house when you were born. We see vision of one pot that was buried there where your father killed somebody. Now we take you back and begin to give you the list of your past. God said, I don't keep list. I take care of your sins and I don't keep list of what you've done. Grace. Do you understand what I'm talking about? So where sin is increasing, grace is super increasing. Praise the living God. So, that's why in verse number 10 says, That you may know that how power, the Son of have power on earth to forgive sins. In other words, your authority to forgive sins dwells within me. Hallelujah. I want you to catch it because to me it's very important. Very You know, that verse 18 is something you need to. So remember, you know, the former things, don't keep old history. Now I consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? What is a new thing? He is releasing grace to forgive your sins. Praise the living God. Did you get the picture there? I like that. I like that. Forget about what happened. Forget about where you came from. 
In fact, the key thing is the word forget. Anything you can't, I mean, you don't forget or you forget, you can't remember. Don't remember your past. That is why your success tomorrow has nothing to do with where you were born from. Oh, my father was a poor man. Oh, my father. All those are stupid talks. They have nothing to do with God. Do you know he told us he created a customized people on the face of the earth? So I have nothing to do with where you were giving birth to. That has nothing to do with your village. Not one bit. We are customized people. <laughs> Praise the living God. Hey, and I like the last verse. Don't forget that one. I don't keep a list of your sins. And I will take care of your sins. And that is what I do. Continuously, not some days. That is my job for you. Praise the living God. I've always been telling you this and I keep saying it. Don't let any man remind you of your past, people. You don't have need of your past. No. All those visions, all those prophecies have nothing to do with the life that God has given to you. He's giving you a new life, a brand new life, and He's taking you somewhere that you want to become a praise and glory unto Him, by Him, through Him, on the face of the earth. Praise the Lord. It amazes me sometimes when I look at what goes on on television, the kind of messages people preach and the kind of thing they talk about. It just... It pissed me off. I mean, but what shocks me is, is people, people moving, people thronging the people. Man, what are they? What are they really looking for? What do they really want? Is it the same Jesus? Hallelujah! Last time I was in Kaduna before the other class. Remember, last two weeks we got a message. SMS, I think I've already the matter. One of the ladies was in meeting from the from the east. This lady and the family they have been terribly in bondage because they've been watching a particular television station because the husband loved too much. Where they catch witches, wizards, demons, whatever. So anytime she goes to bed, she has horrible dreams. In fact, she doesn't sleep well. She can't sleep anytime she goes to bed. Until I went there. She was not a member of this guy's church, but she handed by the meeting, she decides to come. The first night, man, the next day she came with two of her children to another church entirely where I was invited to go and preach. The third day she came back again to the guy's church. And then he said, look, pastor, I'm a Roman Catholic. He said, but you have delivered me. You came to this city because of me. And she began to give stories of the terrible experiences they've been having in the home because of the television station they've been watching. Faith comes by hearing, the Bible says. Negative faith also comes by hearing. You must know what you listen to. Hallelujah. Listen, if you think there is one pot in your grandfather's house that you need to assume, and maybe you need to pay 50000 to do that, bring it to me. I need it. I want to put it on tracks. I want to put it on CDs. You understand that? Don't waste it for anybody. And what I'm saying now, you'll be free without going there. Because you don't need to go there to be free. 
Your freedom is in your mind. Don't remember your past. That is a commandment. Thou shalt not. How many of you like to keep laws? This is one. Thou shalt not remember the things of old. God is the one talking. Hallelujah. Come with me to the book of Mark chapter 4. Mark 4 still. Let's look at verse 11. Mark 4 verse 11. Let me just read something there. I think I'm going to be very short this morning. So that some persons can be happy. Because sooner or later they go to the back and begin to do this for me. Do this. Hallelujah. Come on, put a research here for me instead of doing this for me. Put a research here for me. Okay, Mark 4. Are we there? Let's look at verse 11. King James. And he said unto them, now you get them a parable, okay? Parable of the soil, seed, whatever, whatever. And then the people say, why are you speaking to them in parables? Okay, look at that, verse, verse 11. And he said unto them, unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but unto them that are without, all things are done in parables. That's something you need to understand too. That you must understand that it's a privilege and a special grace of God that you can understand certain things about God that people who seek claim to be Christian cannot understand. Do you understand it? You are experiencing freedom without going through the process that you are going through. Praise the Lord. How many of you spend your money on articles of faith? You don't. But you need to go out and see what articles of faith is doing there. Huh? Articles of faith. Yeah, you buy, you know, stay in all your cars and whatever. Put on white shirt, come back colored, take to the laundry service to clean them out because oil has to be on your head and your whatever and the case may be. Huh? That's the word. Bible says God sent for this word and the word he led them. Hallelujah. You know, you see, you see something. The Bible says, as your faith is to be unto you. So if those things are working fine, I have no problem. But I don't need them. And my faith is going to work for me without needing them. Hallelujah. So, most things are done. A lot of people are walking in the realm of Parables. They don't understand. They don't know what Christ is and who he is. They are walking in parables. Everything they are reading in the book is like, see what? A parable unto them. No understanding. Verse 12. That seeing they may see and not perceive. What does that mean? Their eyes can be open, but they can't see anything. It means, more or less, they are, they are blind, but their eyes are open. Have you seen people like that? People whose eyes are, the balls are there, but they don't see. That seeing they may see, they not perceive, and hearing they may hear, and not understand. And look at the next thing. Less at any time, they should be converted, and their sin should be forgiven them. Now, I want you to check the word out. Converted. Epistrophe. Epistrophe. Hmm? It means to revert, literally or figuratively, morally, to come or to convert again, to turn around. It's from the word epi or epi, meaning superimposition 
of time, place, and order. The superimposition of time, place, and order. In other words, you need to superimpose the new order over the old order that you were living in to get your healing. So conversion means removing. Let me put it that way. If you can. Now let me, let me, let me, let me, let me bring it this way. If you take a photograph with your camera, okay? And, uh, on, on like this digital, but I don't know if it can work. But you take another snap on top of that one. It's called a super imposition. Now in graphic department, you can also do that. You can have a picture, you superimpose another picture, you fetch the other one, and the one you are superimposing is the one that is prominent. Are you getting what I'm talking about? That is conversion. So what does the Bible say? Superimpose the time you are living in upon the old time, the order you are living in upon the old order, the place you are now upon the old order. So, scripture tells us in Colossians 1, 12, 13, you read it. Is that okay? From the power of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. Now, superimpose the activities of the new kingdom upon the old order. That's conversion. So what is Jesus saying here? If they have an understanding to receive me, which is a new order, in this new state that I am, they'll get their healing. So your healing comes directly connected to what you know and who you now believe into. Amen? And that word also talks about as a relation of distribution. In other words, what are you supposed to be distributing now? You're distributing the life of God. Amen? It also means to twist. To turn quick, quite around or reverse. To reverse something. To reverse a process. How do you reverse a process? The Bible says be a transformed by the renewing of your mind. You are reversing what was there before. Amen? It also means to return. Return to where? Return to the original state that you were before the fall. Adam was not sick in the garden. Adam was not poor in the garden. Adam need no pastor in the garden. He needed no apostle. No prophet. I've already been saying it. Everything we are doing in the name of being in ministry is a temporary measure because of the fall. But the Bible says... We all shall come to have the true knowledge of God that when no man shall teach his neighbor know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least to the greatest. There is nothing to be proud about the being a big pastor. Because they are all temporary measure, because we are still functioning within the realm of the fallen state of man. When man is redeemed to his original state, which has to do with a return to the new order, I mean to the old order that we were before the fall, you don't have a need of anybody calling pastor. That's why I keep on telling you, you must come to the place where you know your God for yourself. Hallelujah. I was telling you something about Cain yesterday, is it? We spoke about Cain that Caleb, remember that? And I told you Cain was still able to negotiate with God. Built an estate. From there he had Methuselah, one of the guys that lived so long. And he had Enoch. 
You know how Enoch lived his life? You go and read the books. You can find that in the Bible. Now, not read a mystical book. But if you check, I think 1 Samuel and the book of Joshua, there's a book that mentioned the book of Joshua. Is it not reading the book of Joshua? Have you read that before? Okay. I have the book of Joshua. It was published 1840. Now, one way that Enoch was living his life is this. Enoch will preach one message. And for the next one month, you will see him preach again. You go and live with that one. He comes by preach one message. He extends the time. Another two months, you won't see him preach again. And he will go away. And when he comes out again, he will download. For six months, you won't see him again. That is how he lived his life until finally after teaching one day he left, he didn't return. The Bible says, and the Lord took him. How long am I going to be with you? That's my question. What I want to make you understand is until you develop, and if you keep on putting your faith in a pastor, you miss out on what God has in mind for you. Are you following what I'm talking about? I was sharing a similar thing in K, like I said the other time, and somebody said, Pastor, if you're doing this, people will not respect us. Who told you that? You don't know who you are. In the first place, listen, Jesus said this. You know why Jesus wore the disciples' feet? He couldn't have done that if he had carried an egg on him. But look at what he said. But because he knew that he was the son of God, he took the towel. In other words, washing the feet will not remove him from being son of God. Your honor is still on you. I can tell you the truth. Careless whether you respect, you don't respect. What's my business about that? I'm telling you what is obtainable from the scriptures. Truth is the thing that sets you free. There comes a time when you are going to have pastors like Enoch. What will you do? When they preach one sermon for two months, you don't see them again. You go and worship idols. Come on, talk to me. That's why you need your God. The Bible says, return. Conversion means to return. And when you return, you get healed. I keep on repeating it. There was no sickness in Eden. So if you go back to Eden, paradise, if you will, no sickness. We must revert to the place where we live in divine health, where everything about sin is never going to be mentioned in our lives. Hallelujah. I want you to understand because it's very important. It's a sin, but a passiveness. They do not see in the true light on account of their spiritual ignorance and depravity. The desire to see spiritually is essential to clear perception of truth. And that will result in your healing. Clear perception of spiritual truth will result in your healing. He said they see, yet they cannot perceive. They hear, they don't understand. So if you can pull these two things together. Seeing, who do you see? What does it mean to see? Let me give this example. Assuming I was traveling, just like I traveled and I came back. Okay, for this one, let me use this. You know, all of you know Dr. Brown here. I remember he wrote something recently when he was flying to Abuja. I want to go out to Abuja, the plane could not land. The plane was coming down, all of a sudden the plane went up again. And uh, everybody was wondering, what's going on, what's going on? Fear gripped everybody, you know. And then um, later, the pilots have to begin to talk to them that, well, they couldn't allow him to land because a VIP is about to land. Now they were on the air for 30 minutes. 
Everybody's blood was running haywire. Now, as I'm talking to you now, some of you can be picturing what was going on. Are you getting what I'm talking about? You can imagine, you, you are imagining, you are beginning to see. And you can say, I see. Now, what did you see? You were not there. But you can understand exactly what happened by that mere description. Are you getting what I'm talking about? So seeing is not necessarily what you see with your two eyes. But the mental understanding of what we're saying. And that is why it's difficult for people to believe in Jesus. That's why it's difficult for people to receive healing. Because their mental understanding have not been able to grasp who Jesus is. Amen? One of the things that whenever you receive your healing instantly is number one, to know that your sins are forgiven. Remember what happened? Your sins be forgiven. Son, your sins be forgiven. Is that okay? So, right at that moment, something began to happen in his life. Now, it was not a question of, I bind the spirit of sickness. There was nothing like that. Your sins be forgiven. By implication, you can get your healing. And the people say, how can that be? Listen, even if Jesus have not asked the man to take up the bed, the man will have still been able to walk out of that place. But for the sake of the Pharisees and the scribes, for them to see that they have power both in the spirit dimension to forgive sins and also to call people, he said, take up your bed and walk. So the first place for you to start receiving your healing, what am I trying to make you understand? Grace is available. The grace of healing is even available. Is that okay? Now the beginning of your healing is what? Your mental perception of who Jesus is, what he has done. Hallelujah. You must understand that your sins are what? Forgiven. So when you don't see, though you may be hearing, you miss your blessing, so sin will turn you away from everything and bring you to the real life that God has ordained for your life. We need to come back again. Remember, where sin increases, grace is super increasing. In abundance. Both of them cannot go on equal level. No, 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 no. Amen? You just had a flood in your country. This kind of flood cannot be compared to the flood that have been there before. This is a super flood that drove people from their homes. Eh? The other one, you needed to catch fish. But this one is to pack your load. Super abundance. Are you getting what I'm talking about? I, an increase that both of them, even if they are going parallel, this one cannot match up with this one, both in speed and in volume. But for you to grasp and to begin to benefit from the power and the grace that we are talking about. Listen to me. God needs to help us to preach it. I told you a few, a few months ago. God gave this to me in 2008. I'm talking about the message of grace. But I never preached it until this year. 2018 came. That was the first place God began to speak to me about the message of grace. But I've been processing it. And I've seen so many things unfold in my life through my understanding of grace. 2018 now, I don't know how many years that will be. That was the first time God gave it to me at about 2 a.m. in the night in Kea. Hallelujah. Grace is available. God has made grace available. Are you still there with me? The last time we had a meeting here, one of the pastors that came here, you know him very well. 
My son was telling me later after the meeting, he went back and I was telling him, hey, do you know what? Because we're all praying, pastors were praying on synergy forum. And I find him kneeling down there, I was praying himself. Find him kneeling down there. And the next thing I was telling him, he said, do you know what is going on here? See, there's so much grace in this house. That is why you have to kneel down and start praying. But this is the man that, because we're discussing. One of the top pastors in the city here, I'm talking about. Who came to us to share in the synergy for He kneeled down here. Say, there's so much grace in this house that you don't know. I was telling Maxwell. And later on, we'll discuss it. I realized that he's my spiritual father. <laughs> because that guy had been in ministry when I was not yet born again. And when I made him to understand when we started ministry, the question is, how did you come so fast to such a period? I have no answer. It is simply grace. Do you understand that? Somebody who started ministry in the 80s. Huh? When he started, when he was pastoring, then I was not yet born again. Now, I'm not talking of doing ministry with some black magic. Doing it clean, perfect, trusting the Lord for who he is. Are you following what I'm talking about? Grace can make you weather speed. He can. I want you to understand that there is no sickness, there is trouble, there is no pain that the grace of God cannot overtake. Don't be fooled by anybody. Trust the Lord. I remember when we, when we started the walk there, staying in that, that building. And this elderly man met me one day on the road, coming from the village. And he said, look, you've been helping me. Come, go to the village, give them things, give everything. You know, bless them with money, whatever. Some of you can bless anybody because, uh, the person could be a wish. You would take your money to the covenant. Thank God. For people like us, we bless everybody. And he called me and said, You have been doing so well anytime you come. I want to bless you with something. Because I'm told you have a church. Is that true? So what is it you want to bless me with? There's one small thing I'll give to you. When you go there, plant it in the church. People will come. See, how wonderful is that? Say, but I don't need that. And I said, what about if the people come? How do I see them? That God brought them or this thing brought them? He said, but pastors are coming to me for it. Even those who are running schools, private schools, they come to collect it. So why is your life like this, my picking? Even those running private schools. So some of you go to some places, you don't know why you go there. I'm talking of what I experienced in life. You don't know why you go to some places why you go to. Somebody's monitoring you from behind. But your spirit must grow above that. The man is late now, but his son is in town here. You know the man. If I call his name now, you know it. But we're on record, I won't call him. He's late now. He said, just put it there. People will come. Say even those in private school. They counted one, two, three. For me, just to give me a, even a worry here. This one came. This one came. Their school has gone up now. And even churches. This one came. This one came. Even only they came. You take it. Normally, well, what is it? It's a testimony. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm talking about? Now we're gonna trust Jesus for whatever you gotta do. Amen. You see, you don't understand how so many of some of these churches are growing. You don't understand. 
And some of you go there. See visions for you. You want to see power of vision? We've met with people who have a lot of things to see vision. Seeing vision is not a problem. Why is not a problem? Because the herbalist can throw the oracle and see vision for you. So what is special about that? Man, know your God. That's my concern. Know your God. Know who you are. Get your healing. Even in your bedroom. Wake up and know that God can heal you. One of the men that really raised me, the message of the kingdom, Hollow Wise. In one of his tapes I listened to, man, it didn't blow my mind. He was saying, if I have known the message the way I know it now, my mother would not have died. But there was something he said. The father had cancer that was eating up on the left ear. Medically, they said there was nothing can be done anymore. They counted him for death. The cancer was going deep on the ear of this man. And this man told Harley White, he asked his son, okay, you wait, you know what? I'm going to go to meet with the Lord. He took a typewriter, went into his bedroom, locked himself up there for seven days. No coming out. And was typing messages. One of the messages tied to Harley White is, when you grow up, take care of your brother. Because the Lord told me you are going to be a mighty man of God. From his bedroom, for seven days. When he came out of the bedroom, the cancer was gone. You can hold on to God. I'm telling you, when he was young, I had an accident. Terrible one. Broke my waist, walked on crutches. Some of you didn't know I was once walking on crutches. I walked on crutches. And I came back to the village. At the boy, he did there. Or whatever as the case may be. And uh, people would come in and say, come on. We need to give you some treatment. We need to give you the, we need to give you that. I said, I don't need all of these things. I remember my father, in my family, my father, like you used to call him supernatural guy and the negative supernatural. If my father had done case, if you broke your leg, he gets a foul, just get the chicken, broke the leg, and rub the medicine on the rubbing on your leg. The day the foul begins to walk with his leg, you are standing up. Supernatural, negative. And so, same day they came and they brought this chicken to the house. And I look at the chicken and I say, what is this for? So they came so that they can break the leg and use it to treat my leg. And I said, they should go and organize stew with the chicken. So they organized stew and they came in and they were eating. I said, serve them. I was serving my mom. said, what is this? Say it's the chicken. I said, which one? The one you brought. Say, what about the medicine? I said, I don't need it. That's it. If my dad said, come on, let's go. He doesn't need it. Let him trust his God. That was it. But then, after about a week, or, I mean, not up to a week, they asked me to put something there and I did. The day I dropped this thing, the leg rose. I dropped it the second day, it was expanding. And I said, this thing can't work. We dumped it in the toilet. I went into fasting. I was fasting seven days. I was just lying down there, came out, going, as if, I didn't lock myself in because some of you when you fast you can't even brush your teeth I don't know how that one is coming from I was talking to people normally but they didn't know I wasn't fast on the seventh day I was lying down like this with a door on the other side because the kind of room and parlor in the village remember the other entrance was there one tall man tall very tall his, his head was up to the roof of the building with white just walked through the door Held a leg and said, listen to me. God can heal this leg. Do you hear me? Drew his ear. I said, yes, Lord. And it didn't left. 
I checked the door, it was locked. I knew that was God. But that was the moment I got my healing. I didn't go anywhere for any treatment. I got my healing instantly. Man, we need to hold on to God sometimes. Are you following what I'm talking about? There is grace in Him. If your sins are forgiven, He can heal your sicknesses. He can heal your diseases. There is no sickness that He cannot heal. Praise the living God. You don't need to go through some experiences that some of us have gone through for you to get what I'm talking about. You don't need it. Because if I am your father, I can lay foundation. You build upon my foundation. So you don't need to suffer the things that I suffer. That is why I also do believe that you don't need to go to something which people call wilderness. Because Jesus went to the wilderness. I don't need to go there. I have to ride on the victory of Jesus. Like he said in the book of Revelation, it's got blood. But there were all the saints coming with white. I don't need to be stained with blood anymore. My warfare are over. Are you still there with me? I can maintain my faith in him and get anything that I need to get in life. Praise the living God. I'd like to leave you here. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for ordering our audio resource. We believe that the message you've listened to have impacted your life and brought a new level of understanding to you. For further information, please, you can visit us on the website www.gkai.net or send us an email at admin at gkai.net or you could SMS or call any of these numbers plus 234-7066-940003 or plus 234-815-967-2790